is the Gridiron Guys Podcast with Anthony Stalter and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Gridiron Guys. I'm Anthony Stalter alongside Kerry Davis, my uh, partner in crime, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All around good dude as well. Thank uh, you. Kerry, we I think next week <laughs> you're welcome. I think next week we'll get into a lot of our predictions. Mm-hmm. We've we've done the predictions kind of sorta with the win totals, yeah. but let's let's save since next week is the opening opening week in the yeah. NFL, which is awesome by the way. It's, it's like Christmas, man. Dude, we had college week zero in college football. Man, I hate week zero. I, I just hate the number. Why do you hate the number? It's stupid. Why isn't it week one? Well, because week one is week one. Well, why isn't that week one? And because next there's week not is a, week two. There's not a lot of games. So what? I like week zero. <laughs> I watch Notre. I watch Notre Dame Navy. That that onslaught. I watch USC San Jose. So I didn't care. Football was I back. I know, man. But just it's the first week. Mm. Call it week one. That's Whatever. just my own brain working. It, cer- it certainly was for those those teams, especially <laughs> Heisman go. Trophy winner exactly. uh, Caleb Williams. But we'll, we'll save the predictions for next week. Let's talk about a lot of the storylines for this week. Yeah. So horrible timing on our part. Not that we hit. Not that we knew. But we recorded the podcast. I think the same day that Trey Lance wound up being traded. I believe so. And there was something else that kind of broke after after we talked about it. So what? Life go. It's, it's, you know. But let's <laughs> so let's talk about Trey Lance. He was traded for a fourth round pick. Yep. I was surprised that the 49ers were able to get a deal done. I was not surprised that they only got a fourth rounder. In fact, I I didn't think they were going to get even a fourth rounder because they had named him the third third string quarterback. Worst kept secret that Kyle Shanahan was not going to start. Trey Lance. No. Yeah. Sam Darnold came as soon as Sam Darnold played well in preseason and showed enough in training camp, you figured he was going to be the backup. But Trey Lance is still a former top five overall pick. And I think this was the first time in NFL history that a top five selection was traded before his, you know, third season or maybe it was a certain amount of games or something. But Trey Lance goes to the Cowboys fourth round pick what's your what's your big takeaway before we get into some interesting comments by a, a former 49er well I I don't really it doesn't it didn't move me one way or the other it's you know getting drafted is one team's opinion of you and clearly the 49ers thought highly enough to go out and and, and trade to move up some spots to get to get Trey Lance hasn't performed well enough in this league, hasn't had many opportunities due to injury, but also when he has had those opportunities, hasn't done enough to keep that job or, right. or maintain that job. So they move him on to to Dallas with the uh, incentive of them getting a draft pick in return. But I didn't think it was – it wasn't something that moved the needle for me just because I don't know that he can play. And I don't know if he's going to a situation where he will play. He's looking like he's going to be the third quarterback there in Dallas. Um, and so that's not something – it's a, it's big news, right, because he was a, a uh, first-round draft pick. But in the grand scheme of things, if this was any other third-string quarterback being traded, no one – Joshua Dobbs is probably going to start for the Arizona Cardinals. We are not talking about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just got traded. Yeah. So <laughs> is, right. it, is it similar in similar fashion? I think so. It's just, you know, we get so hung up on where a person was drafted. That, not, that doesn't necessarily – uh, mean that they are that talented to be drafted in that spot. That's just what one team valued them as. Yeah, I think it's interesting. There's two things 
I've got two opinions on the 49ers that contradict themselves. So one, this really was one of the worst deals in NFL history. I'm not talking about trading Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick. I'm talking about trading up to number three in that year's draft with the Miami Dolphins to take Trey Lance. Do you know the players that they got? The players that they got, the Dolphins got. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a, it. If you connect all the dots, yeah. They, they. I think they built their defense on it, right? Well, one was Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle was one. Uh, then they used, I think, one of the picks to trade for Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So. So essentially, Bradley yeah. Chubb, Tyreek Tyree Hill, Hill, Jaylen, Jaylen Waddle. Waddle. And I feel like it's one more person that I'm missing out. Oh, well, the 49ers could have taken the player that Trey Lance is on the team with now because he's the actual person that, that the Cowboys took, and that's Michael Parsons. Wow. That's who fell to that spot where they were at. Okay. And so you 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 look at all of the things that you could have gotten or all of the, the pieces that were moved because of that decision that you made if you're the 49ers. Somebody, if you're not kicking yourself in the ass, somebody else should. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, Lynch, I mean, this is this is a case where John Lynch talked, tried to talk. He did. He he did. He, he successfully talked Kyle Shanahan, the head coach and the play caller, into Trey Lance. Yeah. The the reports were that Kyle Shanahan was enamored with Mac Jones, but they were worried about the Patriots, who eventually stood and took Mac Jones. But they were worried about the Patriots getting him. That was that was the big concern initially. Because when they first traded up to number three, that was the conversation. Right. Kyle Shanahan's in love with Mac Jones. They're going to take Mac Mac Jones. And then the word started to spread of, well, you can't take Mac Jones there because Trey Lance is he's got the he's got the higher higher ceiling and all and they wound up taking Trey Lance. But all along Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones for his offense. Yeah. And he wound up he wound up with a different version of Mac Jones in in Brock Purdy. He did. <laughs> so finally came back to it eventually, and it's um, you know, you're looking at that that draft. I, the quarterbacks were taken. Trevor Lawrence was taken first. Obviously, yep. he was he was the 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 golden child. He's been that since he was in high school. Everyone knew he was going to be a first overall pick. He he was able to get that. Jacksonville did that. Zach Wilson was the second quarterback taken in that draft, and we kind of see where his career. He's a backup now in in New York, and to the point where they had Mike White and. Uh, uh, Joe Flacco starting in front of him in certain games because they just didn't trust him enough. His second overall draft pick, Trey Lance was number three, and so you're looking at that. You want you want to know some names that were drafted after after Trey Lance? Kyle he, Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Well, he, uh, he, you, you like him because he's your guy. Well, we'll uh, see on yeah. him. He's fine. Jamar Chase. Jamar how, Chase how would you was like five. To have, yeah. Yep. Yep. Jalen Waddle. Pene Sewell. Uh, Sewell, I mean, Sewell's Sewell, – that line's offensive line is, is excellent. Very good. Um, you got Patrick Sertan Jr. Okay. He said a, he said a good start. Devontae Smith. Okay. Justin Fields. And then uh, Michael Parsons. You'd rather have any of those players over Trey Lance? Probably. Yeah. Probably. And that's I, an easy it, statement to make now it, in hindsight. Well, it might have been easy to make then. Yeah. Just – and I, to, I tell people this all the time. We are – we are in a society where we have a lot of intelligent people, but then we have some dumbass people as well. Mm-hmm. And then you know who the dumbass people are? The dumbass people are the people that watch football on tape, watch p- football games in person. You know what they wear in football games, Anthony Stalter? Where, where they wear? What they wear. Um, jerseys? Helmets, shoulder pads, thigh pads, cleats. Oh, the players. Yeah, so they're they talking play, about the they, fans. No, no, I'm no, like, no, no, what no, fans the, are the dr- players. completely dressed up? The players. Up. They wear helmets, shoulder yeah. pads. And you know what they wear um, at pro days? 
Shorts, at, uh, tank tops. At, at, at the combine? Yeah. Shorts and tank tops. Right. So the idiots that we have in society are the ones that can watch film of a football player in pads and say, oh, he's, he's, I like him. Maybe he's not that great. Yeah. He's okay. He's just, he's cool. But the idiots are the ones that say, Ooh, look at him in shorts and t-shirts. Ooh, he can throw that football. Man, he can move. Ooh, it looks good. Ain't nobody rushing him. There is no split-second decisions for him to make. There is nothing that he has to do very quickly in a short span of time from this coverage to this coverage, from pre-snap to post-snap, that tells you that this damn guy can play football. You know what does that? When you watch the tape. Mm-hmm. Or when you watch him in person and when you sit down with him and all of those things match up his intellect, his IQ, his ability to adapt on the fly. I don't know that I can make that decision in watching a guy just in shorts. I can watch it. I can put all of those things together and know what I got. Yeah. And I think the, the, the 49ers fell victim to that. They saw a guy with extreme arm talent, a guy with athleticism, which they were missing with Jimmy G, they didn't have the athleticism. They didn't have the extreme arm talent. Jimmy G was getting hurt, but he had also taken you to the Super Bowl, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And another NFC a- championship. And another yeah. NFC championship. So it's not like he could was have been just, another Super Bowl. Could have been. So that's what the 49ers did. So if I when I said earlier, if they're not kicking themselves in the ass, hopefully someone else is. Yeah. Because that was a poor decision. And this is no knock against Trey Lance. This is not me bashing Trey Lance, the player. There are levels to good and great and 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 Hall of Fame players. You got your your average, your good, your great, and your Hall of Fame players. When you move up in the draft, you expecting that guy to be a generational Hall of Fame type of player. When you give up all of the draft capital and you see all the players that go after them, Jamar Chase might be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Micah Parsons might be a Hall of Famer. Like those are names when you look at him, like oh, that guy, Justin Fields, not a Hall of Famer, but he's going to have a couple of Pro Bowls under his belt. Like there are guys that are on this on this list, and you look at and you say, "Oh, well, could have helped, could have done better with that." Yeah. And so that's where the frustration comes in. But it's all because people become enamored with what they see in guys in shorts and shirts. Right. That's weird. And you're right because Trey Lance, Trey Lance just hadn't played. He hadn't, he hadn't played at played all. Enough. So you were really basing it off of a handful of games at South Dakota State and what you, what he did at the combine. This is how, CD, we, we plan on going like 30 minutes in a podcast and we wind up going an hour. Yeah, because we, we get going. <laughs> but but you, you said so many things. One, I mean, spot on. There, there's two things here. One, I, I lo- you know I love football. Mm-hmm. I, I played in high school. That was it. I, I, I feel as though I'm a student of, a game, of the right. game. I love going to like – you know, if I can watch them online, the, the coaches, uh, what do they call them? Coaches like, clinics. Yeah, coaches. Yep. Cl- I love the coaches yeah. clinics. I love the deep dive. Carrie, even me, I, I, I love football, but I didn't realize sitting until I sat down with you mm. when we were at the, the Dome yep. watching Rams games side by side where I'm talking to you like, hey, okay, what's this guy doing? And you explaining it to me and what I'm actually watching right. before I – to realize, I'm like, I'm not even watching what I think I'm watching. Right. So for somebody to sit down and watch a combine mm-hmm. and make observations, it speaks to our society because our society is just, I have an opinion. We need content. If you yeah. if you have a YouTube channel yep. or whatever it is, we got to push content. Here's my opinion. Here's the content. 
but you're really not doing any of the homework. Yeah, life is, is we live in a society that's built off of highlights. That's why you have reels. That's why you have uh, Instagram and, and Twitter, and everybody wants to see the highlights. Right. That's what the combine is. That's something that you prepare for. You prepare months for, for your combine and for your pro day. You, you, are, you know all the answers to the test. You have worked this test over and over and over again. You should ace it. If you don't, that's a failure on your part. You should ace it. And so when I see guys perform, well, it's like, oh, cool. What did he do on the field, man? Right. Don't give a damn that he can throw the ball 80 yards, rolling out to his left setup and throw it 80 yards. So what? Mm -hmm. Is Aaron Donald chasing him? No. Oh, okay. Well, I don't care. Yeah. It do, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't translate. matter. Yeah. So that to me is is the part where I get I get frustrated with front offices that, you know, do their homework. But then, like I said, they get enamored with something that they see on a pro day or they see one throw and that guy's going to be the next Brett Favre. Eh, yeah. Is he? Well, uh, you know, and the other thing here too, Kerry, and I'll keep I'll keep this short because I've, I've talked about it on this podcast and I've also talked a lot about it uh, over the years on, on our radio shows. But – this, the other thing that this speaks to is, okay, so the first part is, like you're saying, John Lynch and the 49ers fall in love with Trey Lance, the athlete, and the potential. The vision of Trey Lance is what they really felt, right. fell in love with, right? The other, the other part here that can't be overlooked, and I, I, think, I think this applies to all players, but it applies to quarterbacks especially, Bill Walsh marrying his system to Joe Montana. Yes. Or Joe Montana marrying the you know, Bill Walsh, saw certain aspects in Joe Montana's game that fit perfectly with the West Coast offense, and he selected Joe Montana knowing that Joe Montana was going to fit in his offense. Right. Joe Montana may not have fit in every offense. Correct. And people may, pe- people may get pissed at me saying that, but the fact is that not every quarterback is going to be a perfect a perfect fit for every for every system. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers probably is a perfect fit for most most systems. Patrick Mahomes might be. But the but the but the key here is that Andy Reid take took his offense, saw what Patrick Mahomes did well at Texas Tech and blended the two. Yeah. And now you have a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback and already a two-time Super Bowl winner. Tom Brady after initially with the Patriots, that that team being more defense and right. manage the game, to the 2007 team, Brady and McDaniel's found a way to marry the two the two things. Yes, me as a play caller, Josh McDaniel's, yep. me as the quarterback, Tom Brady, and they developed the Tom Brady offense. They did. You marry the two. So John Lynch falling in love with Trey Lance in shorts and t and a t shirt is one aspect. The other aspect is. Do you know what Kyle Shanahan's offense is about? <laughs> Do you know what Kyle Shanahan's – this is your head coach and your play caller. Yeah. Trey Lance probably was a horrible fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Maybe. Shanahan knew it. Yeah. And well, this is why Brock Purdy in the seventh round yeah. winds, up being, winds up being a guy that takes him to the NFC title game. I, when I look at Kyle Shanahan's offense, I think of you know that, that zone running scheme that they run. You want – and what you want off of that – is a quarterback that can play boot, action, that can yeah. roll out, that can be athletic and make something happen with his feet. So I think the 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 idea for Trey Lance was probably correct. Mm-hmm. The player, him himself, was not. Right. And you look at Brock Purdy, who not probably not as fast as Trey Lance, probably maybe can't throw the ball as far as Trey Lance, but is much better suited for what that offense needs. All I need you to do is get back there and hand the damn ball off to right. Christian McCaffrey. Hand it off to – pick a running back. Pick a name out of a hat. They, they, they'll figure it out. 
but you hand it off to him. Maybe you hand it off to Debo. Maybe you boot after you after you fake the handoff and throw the Debo in the flat. Maybe you right. throw to George Kittle in the flat. Maybe you throw it to him on an over route. And we got a 20-yard play because everybody's looking at Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. and we are able to boot out. And now we got guys open down the but, field. But, Kerry, you know this. When you're booting out, you're turning your back to the yeah. defense. Yep. So when you, when you turn back around – it's that ability to process, to process. exactly. Yes. So you're turning back around, you're looking at the defense. The, the field might be cut in half at that point, <laughs> right. great. But you still got to process yes. uh, now on the run. Yes, So quickly. I, uh, quickly. Uh, the other thing was, you know, I said I, I got two points on Trey mm-hmm. Lance that might contradict themselves. So one of the things is, and we got into it, you screwed up. You, you traded yep. up. Th- this could have blown up in the 49ers' face badly. In fact, for most teams it would. Right. It would have. Credit the 49ers. This is where the contradicting part comes in. Credit the 49ers for saying, he's not our guy. we got to move on. Yes. And just move on. How many teams are so we, – we cover a baseball team here in, in St. Louis, the Cardinals. God love them. They've had a long yeah. history, yeah, a long, have. rich history of winning, Kerry. But they cannot move on from certain players. Yeah. They they cling on them. It's the vision, the vision of Trey Lance. Yeah. we we got to hold on to this guy. Yes. No, no. It's it's not going to work. You know you made a mistake. You know, exactly. Keep it moving. Send them a fourth rounder. Clear yeah. some cap space. Yeah. Find a buyer. They didn't. Jerry Jones, yep. who didn't even tell Dak Prescott or, or Mike tell McCarthy. Anybody. What type of nonsense on. is that? Well, that's Jerry. That's he, just Jerry being Jerry. That's one of those moves you don't tell anybody because you don't want to tell someone to tell you no. Right. Good call. Yeah. I'm the <laughs> I'm owner. Do this. I don't I'm want my son say tell anybody say anything well to anyone because well I don't said. want anybody to give me any pushback. I know it's probably not smart, <laughs> right. but we want them. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You're absolutely Have right. It. Have at it, dude. <laughs> from the yeah, it's your team. From from Dallas's standpoint, we'll be quick on this. Dak Prescott has got so they got a potential buyout in 2024. So after after 2024, they they can buy out the contract, but the the dead cap money carry is 61.9 million. They're not going to buy out no, Dak's contract. No, 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 no. The dead cap money. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about guarantees and base salary and all that. We're talking about the dead cap number, and I'm talking about Dak Prescott. So Dak is how old is he right now? He's 30 years old. Is he that old? He's 30. I said old, that old, like it's yeah, old. Right. football. You, you and I are old. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> so 2024, the cap hit again is 61.9 million. In 2025, the cap number, the cap, the dead cap number is 36.4 million. My point is, Dak's going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for the next three years. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to absorb the dead cap here. I nah. think. I think what this is is just Jerry, Jerry taking a flyer on a guy. Maybe maybe he's trying to spark spark you know Dak a little bit, but it's a it's a it's a decent landing spot for Trey Lance. But to your to your initial point, he's he's not going to play. He's going to be the third. If I'm guy. Dak Prescott, why would I give a damn? You wouldn't. You got bigger. I, you got no bigger fish to fry. No disrespect. I mean, but if you were about Lance, Trey Lance, get out. Trey Lance is the third string quarterback. Cooper Rush showed that he had you, 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 Cooper Rush actually played pretty well last year. He, he didn't turn the ball over. Pride of Central Michigan. Oh, there you go. Is he, chips. is he more more of a pride than uh, AB? We don't talk about AB. Okay, sorry. <laughs> he was a hell of a player at CMU. Hell of a player. Yeah, we got we only got a couple of guys, Gary. Uh, okay. You know, come I on, mean, AB. All right, yeah. <sighs> Antonio Brown is who we're referring to. There you go. So. All right, uh, let's let's so let's move on here. We talked about we talked about Trey Lance. We talked about the Cowboys. Jonathan Taylor. The Colts gave. We did talk about Taylor, and yeah. we talked about the Colts giving him that. Hey, go seek a trade. Yeah. We we talked about in detail Chris Chris Ballard and what maybe his thought the GM for the Colts and what right. his thought process is. So go back and uh, check out our previous podcast if you want our thoughts on that. But 
this all played played out how we thought it would. Jonathan Taylor was going to go to, you know, hey, go out in the market, see see what you can get. So him and his reps go out. They were not going to reset the market. No. Chris Ballard knew that. And Chris Ballard wanted a first-round pick. He also knew no GM was going to give him a first-round pick. Correct. So Jonathan Taylor going to another team was never going to happen. No team was going to give up a first-round pick for one year, nor were they going to sign Jonathan Taylor to a a market-setting contract. It just wasn't going to happen. And Chris Ballard was smart. He gave he gave to that 4 p.m. Eastern deadline yep. on Monday, which was the the final cap, the final cutdown um, deadline for every team in the NFL. So four o'clock Eastern came and went on Tuesday. Jonathan Taylor still a Colt, yep. and he was placed on the pup list, the yep. physically unable to perform list. My question for you is: Do you think that Jonathan Taylor? will do what you and I have talked about and just play it out and go year by year, or do you think he's going to be, and he's well within his right to do this, but do you think he's going to be stubborn and say, I'm going to hold out? Well, I, I think by him being on the pub list, obviously he's going to be on the roster just getting the salary, not not playing, unable to play for the first four, four weeks. What I think actually took place here is, I think the Colts said, yeah, we'll keep you on the pub list because we do plan on trading you. We don't plan on playing you, and we don't want you to get hurt because that will decrease the value of what we can get re- get in return if we allow you to play. So for me, when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor probably being traded here in the next couple of weeks. Maybe the deals were close, but not close enough. You're up on the clock, not able to get the deal done before uh, yesterday at, at 4 p.m., as you said. So you have the, the, the idea that he's going to be traded. I know Miami was one of the suitors looking at him, potentially moving, but – it doesn't matter what he does. He's he's a free agent next year. He he's the end of his contract is this season. He was a second round draft pick, so he didn't have the fifth year option like all first round draft picks do. He'll be a free agent for whatever team he is, or that team will uh, franchise tag him, and you're going to have to play that year out. That's really, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The running backs have no have no say in this. They have no option. They have no other way to go. I think because the, the the Indianapolis Colts have a rookie quarterback starting, I personally think if you had, uh, I want to say common sense as an owner, you would say, hey, we agree to disagree, but we're going to activate you from this pup list. You're going to play, and we need help with our young quarterback, and we'll figure it out at the end of the season. That's probably what I would do, unless Jonathan Taylor told him, hey, I'm not playing for you yeah. guys. I don't give a damn what you do. Right. Now you're in a situation where he is on the pub list and they may be looking to trade him. But the Indianapolis Colts got worse. Yeah. Let's not make a mistake about it. Let's not pretend like because Jonathan Taylor, is uh, they, they didn't trade him or they didn't move on or they didn't do it. They are a worse team today than they were at 12 p.m. yesterday mm-hmm. before they decided to keep him on the pub list and not allow him to play this first four weeks. We'll see how how poorly uh, who the who who is going to hand the ball off to who's he going to throw the ball to Michael Pittman Jr. You're going to get 80 catches uh, in the first game 80 yeah. targets Alec Alec Pierce is another mm-hmm. guy that they have but to your to your overall point they just they don't they don't have a lot of Guys. sizzle when it comes to the the skill position players I will say this and I'm not saying that any of these guys are what the Eagles had but as we know Shane Steichen was the OC last year for the Eagles. He had a group of running backs. It he was did. Miles Sanders. It was Boston Scott. It was Kenneth Gainwell. Yep. There might have been another another guy at some point mixed in there, but 
I don't think that Shane Steichen is necessarily worried about having that prototypical number one. To your overall, to your bigger point, though, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson and Evan Hull don't inspire a lot of con- a lot of confidence when your wide receiver group is Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and Isaiah McKenzie. Most people would say who? Yeah, for a young quarterback, that's 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 putting him in a in a tough position as a rookie. To not have a guy, a veteran, to, to hand the ball off to behind him. To not have a, a true number one receiver. I said Michael Pittman Jr. I think is a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a number one receiver in terms of – he's their number one receiver, but I don't know right. if he's a number one receiver. He's not a prototypical. When I think of a number one, I think of Justin Justin Jefferson. I think of De- Devontae Adams. Jamar I think Chase. Of you think of Tyree Kelly. I think Correct. of guys that – Travis Kelsey. Don't tell me he's a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Guys get the ball in their hands and they make things happen. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're double covered or not. The Correct. quarterback's going to find find that guy open. The play caller's going to design ways to get him open. That's who I think of proto- prototypical number ones. Let's expand this conversation now, Kerry, because there's other guys that are holding out too. Correct. I think the so Nick Bosa. We'll go over the guy, the group first. Nick Bosa for the 49ers is still has still not reported. Joe Burrow. I, I, I wouldn't call him a holdout. I think he's going to be there week one. But yeah, you know that's kind of an interesting dynamic with a, with a new contract, probably. Right, you would think. I and would. then the biggest issue is Chris Jones. Yes, Chris Jones. Floating it out there that he'd be willing to wait out, you know, hold out until week eight. This here's why this is the the big the big problem. I think the 49ers get something done with Nick Bosa. I do. Right. I, I think I think by the time week one hits, he, he'll be he'll be practicing. He'll probably get a new deal at some point this weekend. The problem with Chris Jones, in my opinion, and Chris Jones is a phenomenal player. Let me right. state that. It's him and Aaron Donald in terms right. of like game wreckers. Yes. And Chris Jones arguably had a better year than Aaron Donald last year because of the injuries for Donald. So Chris Jones is Kansas City's best player defensively, period. No, no questions asked. But when you have Patrick Mahomes <laughs> taking less than what the market would have given him and Travis Kelsey definitely taking less than what the market gave him and Tyreek Hill – going to Miami so that he could get paid. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult, I think, for Chris Jones, who's still, who is still under contract, to go to the Chiefs and say, I want to be the highest paid defensive player. When you have guys that are dynamic, the best players, the, the best players yeah. at their positions, yeah. saying, I'm going to take less so that we can build a good competitive team around us, it's going to be difficult for Chris Jones to get paid now. Because if you're the Chiefs, you don't want to rock the boat. Even though Chris Jones is a stud, how do you turn around? How do you pay Chris Jones number one defensive line money and then turn around to Travis Kelsey and say, hey, uh, yeah, thanks for taking less, man. This is this was nice. Well, I, I'm looking at Nick Bosa was the MVP, defensive MVP last year, right? So he is well poised to 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 set the market with his contract. And he hasn't had he does correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't get a contract yet. No, uh, he's, he's looking still for on a his new rookie contract. Deal. Yeah, I, I believe so. He's still looking for he's looking for a new contract. Chris Jones is not. Chris Jones is not. I don't think. Chris right. Jones Chris Jones signed a let When me, did he sign? Get this up. I'll get I'll get this for you. So, when you're looking at at what they are Chris Jones Nick Bosa had 18, 18 sacks last year. He signed, So Chris Jones signed a four-year, $80 million contract with the Chiefs, including $60 million in guaranteed money. And this is the last year of that contract. And this is so the last year. he will be a free agent next year. Correct. So he is looking to get 
<laughs> paid again. I mean, sixty million in guaranteed money. I mean, you, you, you it's not. You got to go with what the market tells you, you. You should be paid. True. So I don't know if those two are kind of. They're they're different positions. They're both D linemen. Nick is a an, a defensive end. Chris is an interior defensive lineman. Um, but maybe once you get one contract done, the other one will fall kind of mm-hmm. right under it, right over it, whatever the number is. But the impact that these two players have, you looking at one A, one B from last season in terms of, you know, potential MVPs. Obviously, Nick Bosa won it, but you got two guys there that both could have been MVPs of the league. Chris Jones is the Kansas City Chiefs' best defensive player. He's probably the third best player on that team. Maybe yeah, maybe 2A, yeah. 2B, if you want to say him and him and Travis Kelsey yeah. vying for that spot. You have to pay him accordingly. And so the question that I have for you is, which one of these teams is hurt most by these holdouts or by these guys not playing between Jonathan Taylor, Nick Bosa, um, Chris Jones, Joey Burrow, we believe he's going to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't had. He, he's not out right now because of a contract. It's because of a calf injury. Right. But there's rumblings that maybe that 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 contract looming is playing a little bit of part of why he's moving a little bit slower, not mm-hmm. the calf. Um, but which one of those guys has the greatest impact for their team to be successful this year? So I'm going to eliminate the Bengals conversation because okay. because I, I think Joe Burrow is going to be. He's going to be fine. There. He's going to be. I'm okay. also going to eliminate the Colts conversation okay. because one, Jonathan Taylor, as good of a player as he is, he is coming off a down year, mm-hmm. and the Colts to me are not a contender. I At don't. Th- they they don't they don't have enough. They're, they're, they're rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson who did not play well last year. Like yeah. I, I love the talent, but we'll we'll see because the talent didn't didn't really show itself that much at, at Florida last year. A year ago, two years ago, when he was split in time, I think he was a better a better quarterback. But the the so the conversation to me is Nick Bosa and Chris Jones because Nick Bosa plays on a line and he's phenomenal. He's better than his brother, in my opinion. Okay, because he plays on a line that's stacked on a team that's stacked on a defense that's stacked. Yeah, losing him would be a huge blow but not to the level of Chris Jones and Kansas City because of what the Chiefs have on their O-line. You take Chris Jones off of the Chiefs' defense. That that's And I know they it's play well in the Super It's hard to find another guy. It's hard to find another guy. <laughs> Nick that, Bolton had a really good season last year. Nick, Okay, so when you, when you go through it, Nick Bolton, former Mizzou Tiger. Yep. So Bolton had a very good year. You, the, the, corner, the, the, uh, the secondary is fine but not great. Who's who else is rushing the passer? Yeah. Who else do you, who else do you love on that in uh, that front Kansas seven defense? that you that you think is is a is a true game wrecker? They got they drafted George Kalaf this last season first round. He was a that was a I think that was a surprising pick when they got him. But I don't he's not he's not one of those guys that you deem as. I'm uh, talking about offensive coordinators. Not yeah, being able to sleep because there are guys when <laughs> the night before there are guys that when you do your uh, your 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 prep for that Sunday's game or whenever you play, there's certain guys you highlight. 
We got to know where he is. We got to know where he is. Mm -hmm. We got to know where the hell. We better know where the hell he is or we're going to have a long. Chris Jones is on that list of you got to know how we're going to block him, who's going to block him. Sometimes you allocate more than two people to him, a a guard, a center, and a running back chipping his way through. We got to make sure that this guy is blocked every single snap or we won't have a game to even to to even talk about we're gonna it's gonna be over before we can get it started so I agree Nick Bosa is that also though 100% Bosa off of the edge is a problem is a troublemaker for offenses and it's a little bit harder to to put three guys on a defensive end than it is on a defensive tackle you can get two guys you can get a tackle and a running back chipping his way through maybe you have a tight end yeah to to assist on his way out but it's not it's it's not great. So I don't know. I don't know which one is more more valuable to that team. I almost feel like it's Nick Bosa, but not the reason that you think uh, that you think Chris Jones is. I think Chris Jones is more expendable because you got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a different way to say it. right. I, I kind of focus on the defense, but I if you think, if you take a step back, yeah. if you score, I know Patrick is going to score as well. So right. That I think he is he is less not less valuable but less valuable in that way because offensively Patrick Mahomes is going to score with anyone yeah and so even if you don't have the greatest defense on your side you know offensively you got a quarterback that is going to make plays and make things happen I don't think the the San Francisco 49ers offense is that as explosive as the Kansas City Chiefs are just because of that quarterback position yeah no good good call and before before any Chiefs fans get mad at me. I'm not saying that the Chiefs don't have good good defenders. I mean they they had they had six different rookies play at least two, 250 defensive snaps last year. So they're they're a, they're a team that won the Super Bowl last year and played a lot of young guys. Yeah. They're they're going to get better. What I'm talking about is game wreckers. Yes. And I think any Chiefs fan that has watched, you know, defensively and have have had to hold their breath at times, including that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl year against the 49ers, halfway through that year, you're wondering if like the Chiefs' defense was just going to flat out Fall be the anchor that holds Patrick Mahomes back from winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> and granted, they got better in the second half that year. They played well in the playoffs. But what I'm talking about is you got one guy that will keep offensive play callers up at night, yeah. and that's Chris, Chris Jones, and he's he's holding out. One one other thing, and I should have included this at the end of the Trey Lance conversation, Kerry. Uh, I made reference to it, but then I moved right into Jonathan Taylor. But one other thing before we before we move on or before we uh, close out the podcast, you brought brought to my attention the comments made by Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. on a I don't know if he's on a radio show or a podcast talking about that the the host asked Jimmy G, now with the Raiders of course formerly of the 49ers, what his thoughts were on Trey Lance and Trey Lance being being traded and Jimmy G said you know he loves Trey Lance I'm paraphrasing he right. loves Trey Lance. Uh, that's his guy, you know, wishes, wishes him the best and all that. But he also made comment a comment that the 49ers, he he basically alluded to the 49ers a bit of a mess. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a weird situation. Yeah, it's a weird situation. The, the, the host asked him, what does he think about what's going on in San Francisco with the quarterback situation? Jimmy, Jimmy G said, what do you think? Right, <laughs> do you shot think right it? back to him. <laughs> I mean, it's a... Uh, we talked about it, man. Like when you, if you're Jimmy G and you had done the things you had done. Now, granted, he was injured a lot, which causes teams to panic. If your quarterback can't stay healthy, regardless of how well he plays, you're going to be looking in a different direction to 
to solidify that position, to, to give you more depth in that position, should he go down again, speaking of Jimmy G. The way that they did it, though, the person that they went to get, how you moved up in the draft, I'm sure as a quarterback, I, I don't know if I ever told you this. So I had a, I had a teammate, and we were he called me one day. He called me the day of the draft. He said, man, it's been real, man. Love you, bro. Been, been good, good, man. I, I appreciate you. I said, what you talking about? He said, uh, uh, they just drafted my position in the first round. <laughs> he said, the writing is on the wall, CD. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it definitely was. <laughs> if you draft your if your position gets drafted in the first round, man, yeah, you're in chances are yeah. that guy is going to get opportunities. And my, my guy called me, man, love you, bro. He hadn't been cut yet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just was watching the draft. <laughs> he called me and said, hey, love you, bro. Been real. I'm going to catch up with you. Did he get cut? Yes, he got <laughs> cut. <laughs> I don't even think he made it to training camp. Like, Of course. He knew. He knew. Yeah. And so Jimmy G knew. And everyone in the organization felt like they knew when mm-hmm. it came to Trey Lance. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. And Jimmy G was still there until he wasn't, until he got injured. And now Brock Purdy takes over. And so you're looking at that situation. And I'm sure Jimmy G is like, man, what the hell are we doing? What is what when he was there, when he was still in San Francisco, what the hell are we doing? Why would we make that decision? You're putting a young player in a bad situation, a guy that, as you said, hadn't had many college snaps. Hell, hadn't thrown a lot of college high school snaps. Hadn't had a lot of high school snaps at quarterback. Just an athlete, a guy that has natural ability when the pressure wasn't on in shorts and T-shirts. And so, yeah, Jimmy G looking at that situation, I don't know. It kind of reminds me, the the worst is when you got – so Goodell usually reads the first round, and then you start mixing in yeah. like former players. I I always I always cringe when it's a former player, or I'm not not I'm sorry, not a former a current, a current player, player that's reading off the oh, yeah. draft selection. I can give you and one, and it's that same position. I can give you one. George Pickens was drafted. You know who bro, who who called his name? Uh it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, Claypool. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. I was about to say, it wasn't Deontay Johnson. It was Chase it was Claypool, Claypool, which was intriguing to me. As I watched, I said, oh, you, you're calling the guy that's going to take your wow. place. And, he, and that's exactly and what that's happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So, yeah, players beware. If the team asks you to call up the draft pick, hey, hey, who the hell are we drafting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who are we taking? <laughs> if it's your position, yeah. yeah no, I'll pass. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, somebody like, else give it to somebody it. else. i got to work <laughs> out for other teams now. <laughs> All right, Kerry Davis, Anthony Stalter. It's the Gridiron Guys. We appreciate everybody listening. We'll keep this one a little bit shorter. Next week, CD, you want to do predictions? Definitely. Let's do predictions. We'll do we'll do division by division predictions all in one podcast. We'll do uh playoff wilds card predictions. We'll we'll break we'll break it all down. Yep. And we'll actually because I hate when I hate when shows don't save the the, the oh, picks for later on yeah you gotta say we'll yeah. save them see how good we were oh, how exactly terrible yeah we may have been. and we're probably gonna be pretty bad when it's all <laughs> said and done uh most predictions are because hey that's it's football it's where yep. you play the game right indeed for Kerry davis super bowl champion with the pittsburgh steelers i'm anthony stalter again we appreciate you listening to the Gridiron guys we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the gridiron guys podcast with super bowl champion carrie davis and anthony stalter driven by dobbs tire and auto centers check out the gridiron guys podcast page at 101 espn.com